Hello and welcome to Mike's Camera Action. I'm Carl and I'm joined by... I'm Alex, hello. And welcome to Mike's Camera Action episode 50. I'm very welcome, thank you. <laughs> yeah, welcome Alex and audience and everyone involved. Yeah, it's uh, episode 50, it's a milestone. We, for, um, incredibly, we haven't been cut off yet, we're still going. Uh, yeah. We've made it past a year and now we've done 50 fucking episodes, Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh... It really what, makes me wonder. Yeah, what what else is going on in here? Who's listening? Who's <laughs> is that? Is anyone listening? Hello. Clearly, someone hasn't been doing quality control. <laughs> it's like SETI out here. We're just shouting into the void. Yeah. Speaking of space and shit. Oh, good segue. Yeah, I know, right? So also also, also celebrating 50. a fiftieth. Yeah. Is the fiftieth anniversary of the moon landing? Yeah, Apollo eleven. Yeah, that's to the moon this week. Like fifty years ago, this week. Next week. Uh, oh, depends this... on when this episode comes out. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably what, this. What, what, what's the, what was the date of the moon landing? I think it was like the 20th, 21st. The 20th? Okay. Yeah, so in that case, it's soon. It's real it's, soon. It is next week, though. Oh, shit, yeah. Even when this episode does come out, it's next week. <laughs> it's, it's and next when this episode week. comes out, it's next week. Okay. It's two weeks away. Oh, okay, fair enough. It's don't, like next... don't date the episode, Alex. Don't date the recording. Who am I meant to date if I can't date the episode? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> God damn it. So, to, to celebrate our 50th and the 50th of the moon landing, thanks, Alex, we did a movie about said moon landing, which is First Man. Yeah. It's, about, it's, a, um, it's based on the uh, biography of... The approved biography... Oh. Personally approved biography of Neil Armstrong. Okay. So, so it was approved by Neil Armstrong when he was still uh, alive. At least or? by his kids. That, that's why I was wondering if it was by like the estate of Neil Armstrong. Um, I know the film is approved by the... His kids, mm. um, uh, but I can't, let me just double check this. Yeah, it's the, it's the official biography of Neil Armstrong. Okay, it was published in two thousand five. It's authorized. Mm. I think he's actually probably read it. Uh, yeah, fair enough. If, if it was in two thousand five, he's probably had a good look at it. Yeah, which I gotta say something about the fact that it's the biography of Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong is an incredible person. Like to like his like the accomplishments he's done alone is incredible. He, his acts are incredible. Like what he's done for you know the human race and whatever. But he's kind of a boring person to base a movie around. When you say that, um, the Wikipedia article mention uh, talks about like it talks about like why he finally wanted a biography. Yeah, like because he. Because Neil Armstrong, even in the film, he depicts he's depicted as someone who doesn't want to talk to people. Like, yeah, not doesn't want to be a celebrity. He's he's just an, he's just an astronaut. Yeah, exactly. Um, just and he's an like, astronaut. Uh, Armstrong was like, it was time. <laughs> it was time. What do you have to say about your biography? Well, yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, like it was it it was made like over thirty years. Yeah, ago, exactly. So yeah. I also, I also I I was digging around for a bit of trivia. And his kid, and the the important thing is Neil Armstrong's kids have seen the movie. His two yeah. sons have seen have seen it, and they say it's a very accurate interpretation of their father. I mean, like that's like that's that's all the things that I heard about Neil Armstrong yeah. was accurate. Mm. Um, I remember someone was telling me I don't know how accurate this is mm. that um, Neil Armstrong only gave like a few interviews, and one of them was to I think the CPA magazine, right, which is for accountants. What? Wow. Okay. Yeah, sure. Because his dad was an accountant. 
Lunar accounting, guys. Here we go. No, like, no, Neil Armstrong's dad was an accountant, so he had, like, a yeah. lot of respect for them. Yeah. So that's why he gave... <laughs> oh, okay, sure. Yeah, something not... really bizarre. Can, can you like... imagine being on that magazine? Like, okay, like, Mr. Smith, you've got you've got an interview today. Oh, yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. Who's it with? Well, you're, you're interviewing Neil Armstrong. <laughs> you ever heard of the moon? <laughs> you ever heard of the lunar landing? Well, yeah, but yeah. why me? Like, that's that kid's big break, is to do that interview. Yeah, like because it was for public sort of CPA like accountants. Mm. He was like, "Yeah, right." Fair. It was weird. It was, but like Neil Neil Armstrong never wanted to be a celebrity. No, and that's what I like about this film is that it doesn't show like the whole maverick. Yeah, yeah boys can't wait to get into space, doing dangerous things. Yeah, he's not sitting there arguing like, "No, I will be the first man on the moon because I'm fucking dope and shit." He's just like, "Yeah, I'm 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 the first guy in space." Yeah, he's like, "I'm in space. I'm, sure. I'm going to space." I was pleased to hear it. It's a big deal for my country. Uh, I felt yeah. pretty attacked by that. It's like when people asked me how, like when I went to Europe, and it was like, people were like, how was Europe? And I was like, it was all right. <laughs> and they're like, it was cool. Just all right. I was like, I had a good time. It was just... I had fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, equating it to be, hearing that you're going to the moon is just like, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, but like what? it's the same sort of reaction. That's what I mean. It's like yeah. a lot of people, Yeah. a lot of people, Neil Armstrong was like, Especially in this film, was you know introverted, like mm. like to keep to himself. So like he didn't like these press conferences. Obviously, dude, dude the fu- it was painful even for me to like watch that press conference just before when they've announced these astronauts are going to the moon. Yeah, and then you've just got everyone asking like, or even the press conference before that where it's um where he's recovered from the the role. Yeah, in the um, Gemini, the Gemini capsule. So and and just like people like oh Neil uh, did you feel the hand of God upon you in in that it, like in that event and all this kind of stuff and he's just getting like these ridiculous questions and I'm like even I'm sitting there like how am I supposed to answer this did shit? you feel the, did you feel close to God I'm like what no I I felt like I was going to pass out because I was rotating at 300 revolutions per second yeah yeah that's an important thing to be able to handle yeah that's fucking nuts yeah 300. It was like 360 over 360. It, it clipped over 360 on the dial. Yeah, I was like, what the hell? That's terrifying. That's, oh, I feel, I feel sick just thinking about it. Even like, this, the spooky thing with that is how, how well it's shot there, because the thing's revolving that quickly, so every time it cuts back, yeah. it, does that, it does that thing when, it's, when he finally gets control, where it looks like it's rotating kind of slow one way, but then it starts rotating pretty quickly the other way, where it has like that moment yeah. of shifting. And I'm like, fuck, oh god, that was rotating quick. Yeah. And he was inside it. Yeah. Um one of my favorite things though is um in in that in the film was when with that as well, I was ta- reading about the historical accuracy of the film. And it's really accurate. They got yeah. um one of the astronauts also landed on the moon to like help them with historical accuracy. Oh. And then at one point the guy's like, put an engine light there. Put <laughs> It's like it's not accurate, but you're gonna need it. <laughs> he he found himself talking to the filmmakers about breaking historical accuracy because it was just so accurate. Fair. Like there was no engine light to tell them that the engine was on, so they're like, "Oh, you might want to light the, the in- J- just a little orange light right there." Yep, yeah, perfect. just to make sure the the audience knows the engine's on. Huh. Yeah, I found that interesting. That, yeah, that's the kind of thing that like it's it, it's a really good attention to detail. Yeah, where, where like ninety nine point nine nine percent of your audience would not notice. Yeah, um, can I just talk about the one thing that um isn't in the film? Yeah, go ahead. The flag planting. Yes. So, 
Um, one of the major points of the moon landing is they stick a flag on the moon. Yeah, they it's, stick an American flag on the moon. It's still there. Yeah. They've left it there. Mm. It'll remain there for... Ever. Ever, unless someone moves it. Yeah. Some moon-based kids steal it. Or, or it gets hit by a meteor of some description. Yeah, but like... Ta- it'll, take a, it'll take a strong force to get rid... Like, it's not yeah. going to erode over time. No. It'll be... Same it's... with... Same with... Um, I would just say they actually make a really good point of this, which is uh, the first footprint. Yeah. When Neil actually, like, puts his foot on the moon, and then, like, after that, he moves his foot aside to step around it, so, like, the first footprint's just there and he hasn't disturbed it. Yeah. Which is an interesting little tidbit. Um, yeah, it's... Like the episode of Futurama where they go to find the moon landing. Yeah, and Fry sticks his foot right on it. Yeah, but like <laughs> aside from, aside from that, it's uh, nothing ever changes. Nothing will change. Mm. Yeah, um, it'll just it'll just be the same, mm. which is crazy mm. um, to think about. But while we're speaking about like stuff being put on the moon, there is one thing that is inaccurate though, which is that Neil doesn't dump the bracelet on the moon in real life. That's not something that happened. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. him dumping the Karen bracelet. That's yeah. that was added to the movie. Yeah, which eh, like it's it's a cool. I I think it's a really good image. Yeah, I think it looks good on film. But as far as like yeah, I, that that's just it. It's 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 a cool thing to add in, and I can tell that's where the director was like, but this would have been really fucking cool, and it doesn't break like the universe too much. Yeah, but it does show like it changes it changes the through line a little bit where you can have like you can literally make the synopsis of this movie. Uh, like man, man goes to be man endeavors to become the first man to litter on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, as I was saying, yep, there was yeah they don't they didn't add the flag planting. Mm. Um, and so I know there was an American. I think it was Marco Rubio tweeted out that he was like annoyed about it because it was like this was America doing America things. Yeah. Um. And like. The director was like, no, it was a mankind thing for mankind. Yeah. And it's not one small step for man, one giant leap for America. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And it like it has global significance. It's not just for America. Yeah. And Ryan Gosling agreed. And I think Aldrin's, uh, not Aldrin's, Armstrong's kids agreed. Yeah. Like, because even in the, f- in, in the film, at least, um, Armstrong comes across as like, not doing this for America, just doing this. He thinks it's important for everyone. Yeah, and he and that's something he t- brings up in those interviews when they're like interviewing yeah. him for the Apollo program. When they're like when they bring up the press conferences, he never says anything about America. He's always saying like it's what we it's what we as a species should be doing. He kind of makes that point where he's yeah. like it's the best thing for mankind. That's yeah. It. The other thing about it is, uh, but Buzz Aldrin tweeted out. Just a bu- I can't remember what the hashtags were, but it was just a bunch of pictures of them planting the flag. Yeah, the official the pictures of them planting the flag, yep. and it's like I could get the I got the impression that he was annoyed about the the lack of the inclusion of that. Yeah, and I understand because that's Wait, one of it's a big deal. It's and especially for him because it's one of his achievements. Yeah, he will be always remembered as, admittedly, he'll always be remembered as the second man on the moon. Yeah, but as a, one of I think like eight or nine people who went to the moon? I think there might have been... I, I was just listening to a podcast about this. I think there were 12 people to have set foot in the moon in the entire course of history yeah. so far. 12 people on the moon. Yeah. Aldrin's one of 12. Small list. Yeah, small yeah. list. Yeah. I think anyone who got to the moon should be celebrated for that. Far more people have been... To, uh, far less people have been to the moon than have reached Everest this summer. Yeah. 
It's crazy. The Big moon, deal. Mm. The moon, it required so much engineering, so much like oh, yeah. precision, expertise from pilots. Mm. Fantastic achievement. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so like, I can see why he was annoyed, but he actually hasn't said anything about the film as a whole. Okay. Admittedly, I think that's because it's... N- it's not about him. Yeah, it's not it's about not him. It's not his movie. Like, he might be in it, and it might be detailing some of his achievements, but it's not the Buzz Aldrin biography. He, yeah, he it's was on Neil set for a little bit, really? and uh, apparently Chain told... Um, what's the actor's name? The guy playing Buzz? Yeah. I think it's Corey Stoll. Yeah, to change his haircut. Really? Yeah, that was that was the one thing he said, change your haircut. I'm pretty sure Buzz Aldrin has more hair on his head yep. now than Corey Stoll did in this movie. Yeah. Although I did look at pictures of Buzz Aldrin when he was in the space program. Guy's pretty much bald. Yeah, he, he cut his hair really short. Yeah. Like, unlike Neil Armstrong, he cut his hair, like, really short. Yeah. That's, Corey Stoll gets away with it, despite actually being bald. <laughs> I do like Corey. He's, he's yeah, actually he, he's really a really good, good actor. actor and, I like um, him in everything I've seen him in so far. He really fit the Buzz Aldrin sort of... Buzz Aldrin was almost that maverick type. Yeah, if, if it were about Buzz Aldrin, it'd be a very different movie. Because he is very much... He, he's got a bit more charisma to him. Yeah. He's a bit more people-ish. Like in that interview where Neil's like shutting down going, I was pleased to hear it. Like that kind of stuff. Yeah. He's going, oh, I'm going to bring some of my wife's jewelry up to the moon. So yeah. She, so I can... You know, so she's got some bragging rights among her friends. Exactly. Like, and, and Buzz Aldrin is still outspoken for... Um, so that way they can, you know, increase NASA funding, do yeah. more stuff in space... The environment mm. is still outspoken, and I love yeah. it. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a much more vocal person, and also like he's from what I understand, like the sort of common perception of him back then is he's an asshole. Yeah, and you kind of get a bit of that in this movie. Yeah, where whenever he's... he's in there, he says like this one asshole thing in every scene he's in, where someone's like, "Dude, what the fuck?" Yeah, it was like when he was like, you know, it's like, oh well, I wouldn't be doing this if Gus didn't die, and it. Yeah, it's like everyone looks at him like. You're all thinking it. We're all thinking it. Someone, someone might as well say it. Yeah, and I had to agree with that to an extent. Like, kinda. Like, like there's no gonna right. lie. They did. They did talk about Gus Grissom being the first one on the moon. Yeah, yeah. It's just one of those ones where it's like, please stop. Even in the funeral scene, everyone's just like, oh, dude, yeah. shut the fuck up. Yeah, that, that's the first introduction for Buzz though, as well. Yeah. It's he's at the funeral and he says an assholeish comment. Mm. Yeah, and there's just that moment where it's like, is someone gonna deck this guy at a funeral? Yeah, please, uh, deck him in the funeral. <laughs> Something I do like about this movie is so I, I really do like a lot, of, a lot of stuff about the Apollo program. It's really fu- it's really fascinating, like the work that's gone into it from like all the stages of evolution. Yeah. To, and one of the big things is like the mishaps, of course. So like the big scene I was dreading was Apollo 1 when you've got the, uh, pl- like, the plugs out test. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. As soon as I heard, like, Apollo 1, I'm like, oh, how much of this are they going to show? Yeah, when they put those guys in the capsule, I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, it's actually coming. Oh, no. Like, just the moment when you're realizing they are they are not coming out of this. Like, I was just sitting there like, I really like these guys that are in the capsule. They're really fucking with me here. There's a reason why later on in The Martian, they're like, yeah, fires are bad in space. Yeah. Um. Apollo 1 is a key example of why fire is bad in space. Yeah, it's kind of the moment they hands-on spe- learned where that an, that an oxygen-rich environment and a wiring hazard is really fucking bad. It, no, but the issue is, is that it's not just oxygen-rich, it's mm. pure oxygen. Yeah. Um, which is not a good combo. Mm. Um, and I think they've probably changed that by now to a, Maybe, to a yeah. lower percentage of pure oxygen with something like nitrogen. Mm-hmm. 
um, like divers. Divers don't use pure oxygen. Yeah, right. Because even like when you're breathing, you're not breathing in pure oxygen. It's only like the air's not the only the the air we breathe is only like seventeen percent oxygen. Uh, it's eighteen. If I remember correctly, it's like eighteen. Because when you do CPR, you get two breaths because you need sixteen okay. percent oxygen to live. Huh. Yeah, yeah, it's something weird. I can't. Rem- I think that's it. I don't remember. Yeah, but yeah, it's mm. most of the year it's nitrogen anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, as divers divers change their nitrogen oxygen ratio, makes them talk in a higher pitch. <laughs> but I think that also has to do with pressurization, though. Yeah, that makes sense. With the lo- more pressure, you need more um nitrogen. Yep. To like bulk the air. Yeah. Um. Fair. Or may- maybe they just yeah I can't remember exactly what it is, I but know, yeah they talk a bit funny. And yep. they need to go pressurization. I watched a doco on deep sea diving. Fair. Like, no, it's fascinating. Like deep, deep sea diving. Yeah. They need to pressurize like hell. Mm. Oh, Don't you... want the bends. It's, it's like the... Op... When you're talking deep sea diving, it's like the opposite of the moon, where you've got weightlessness in the moon. And on, and when you're deep sea diving, it's like, oh, the water around you is trying to crush you. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's trying to crush you. you you're not the... meant to live here. Every... Basically, if you leave this small plane of uh, of, of elevation... The un- the world around you is trying to kill you. You go to space, it's trying to kill you. <laughs> you, yeah. go, you go underwater, it's trying to fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and everyone want, and if you're in Australia, even this plane is trying <laughs> yeah, to kill you. Everything wants you dead. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. The, I feel like the documentary was. I, I liked the film. I yep. liked. Um, I like how mundane it felt. Like Neil Armstrong's washing his hands. Like, do you want to go to the moon? All right. He's just in the bathroom. <laughs> He's just washing his hands. Yeah. It's not like. They, I like because it made it feel more real without this whole like a lot of films would go like there's like this whole art this whole like big thing mm. and like there's the meeting where he walks in and they don't even ask him to sit down he's like no nah, this will be short yeah you're going yeah Apollo's a go and he's like <sighs> he sort of breathes a sigh of relief yeah exactly he was expecting to be like sent home like not nah, not happening kiddo you, you spun out our Gemini go home <laughs> yeah but uh, admittedly they were like yeah no nah, this doesn't this needs to be fixed yeah. I, I I do like that meeting though, where where like they're doing the debrief of like, okay, now what the fuck happened? And he basically gives like, oh well, um, we had an issue with the RCS RCS thrusters and we had to turn them off. Uh, if we could isolate them, that would be great. And then they took that and then implemented it on on Apollo later. Yeah. I do like that little detail of like, yeah. oh okay, it's about like these, these are about problem solving. It's about taking what doesn't yeah. work and that and that whole idea of iterating with the uh, with different ships. Yeah, that's that's the whole thing that I realized. Um, I, I later read some more about like the moon modules and stuff. Mm. That's why we've got like Apollo one. Actually, was Apollo one was meant to go to low Earth orbit, orbit and that yep. was it. Yeah. Um, Apollo seven ended up doing that. I think. Okay. It happened a while later. Um. Each of the Apollo missions sort of did a bit more, did a yep. bit more, did a bit more to get to Apollo 11, who lands actually lands on the moon. Yeah, all leaps and bounds. Yeah, because Apollo 10 tested all the equipment while in space, mm-hmm. including the separation of the lunar module from the... Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, that stuff. Yep. Admittedly, the lunar module is the only thing not to have messed up in the entirety of the Saturn of the Apollo missions. I, I love the, like, the shitty lunar lander type thing they build before that, where it's like this... Yeah, like pressurized thing that's jumping around with uh, Neil Armstrong like sitting on this fucking cage, and even that fucking explodes. <coughs> like yeah. everything breaks. It's yeah. terrible. And they're like, "Oh, maybe we shouldn't let people test it." And it's like, "But well, we need to." I, I I do like that I, that like scene with Neil though, where he does say that, where he's like, 
of course we're te- we need to test it. It's going to fail here. It's got to fail here. Everything needs to fail yeah, here. Yeah, like, oh, but at what cost? And he's like, we've already found that out. Yeah, we know we know the cost. We've lost how many fucking astronauts and spent how many billions of dollars? Yeah. You're, you're in it. <laughs> you're too far. It's too late to quit now. Yeah, it's too late to go, oh, we'll trust this in the air. No, no, yeah. it's got to fail now. Yeah, exactly. If it fails on Earth, it doesn't fail on the moon, which is what you need it to do. Yeah. Um... Yeah, because in Apollo 13, they ended up using that as an emergency capsule, the lunar, the lunar module. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was it was the one part that... That they could break. trust to not explode. Yeah, also because the, um, they lost oxygen in the command module. That's what happened in, that's what happened in Apollo 13. They yeah. lost oxygen in the command module. That's, that's why nice. they slingshotted around the moon to come back. Ah, uh, yep. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, it was the only thing to not mess up. Hmm. Six of them landed on the moon. Okay, yeah. There were eight, wow. eight launched, six of them landed on the moon, one's in Earth orbit. Okay. That was Apollo 10 where they just launched it off and were like, uh, yeah. you're all right. <laughs> They're just like, okay, separation works. Later. Can't. Shut it down. <laughs> they were like, bye. Space junk is a real issue, please. Oh, space junk is a fucking massive issue. Yeah. Like... Y- it's something you don't really think about, but just the idea of like, oh yeah, there's an, there's an entire debris field above uh, above Earth that yeah. you, that that astronauts now have to like or like you know rocketry now has to accommodate for. It's like okay, well you have to launch it in this angle at this time because otherwise you're gonna catch a chunk of debris from a from some. It's either debris satellites. or like broken satellites or um you know. It's mostly like it's mostly satellites. Yeah, that's the big thing. Yeah, there's a lot of satellites. Yeah, a lot of satellites. Um. But yeah, yeah, I really did like the um I like how he goes from like test pilot and then he's like mm. it's like what did they want? NASA wants astronauts he's like right. that that and and that's exactly it. Like they get Neil because he's both a pilot and an engineer. Yeah. And then and after that they spend years training him on everything else. Like, okay, you gotta learn rocket physics. And that's a huge and they, and they give him like this huge pamphlet that's like six hundred like, pages. No, no, no. We're, like we're doing chapter one and they look at chapter one, it's one to six eleven to six hundred and four. Yeah. And they're like Fuck! I was reading that one of the one of the um, NASA pilots didn't like pilots who were also engineers who used to yeah. be engineers, mostly because they have a really technical way of flying, and it's, uh, okay. and he thinks it wasn't that great. But he he liked Neil Armstrong. Fair, and how could you not? Um, but yeah, like, but that also shows like Neil Neil knows what's going on, and like yeah. there were points when like stuff's breaking where he's just doing the maths. Yeah. That scene, I think it, I think it is in Gemini where they're trying to spot like, okay, where's the where's the part we're supposed to dock with? Where like where is it we can't see it? And so he whips out like pen and paper and has like a chart of like that he's plotting and like doing all this math. And they're quickly. trying to talk to him. He's like, no, leave yeah, me he's alone. Just like, yeah, and they're just like shouting in his ear like, okay, this 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 that and the other. And he's like, guys, can I have a moment of quiet while I do this? Shut up! And like, and he's just sitting there like with pen and paper, being like, okay, where? plot this and then he's like and then they're just doing math for like okay burn this direction this much like and he's not even listening yeah exactly like they're shouting all these numbers and then he goes okay we need this and then he finds it yeah but like that just shows like the sort of people that they like got yeah that's Um, that's exactly what you need to be an astronaut it's both pilot knowledge and it's knowledge of engineering it's knowledge of math physics neil armstrong was was well known for being especially bright like he he was able to like absorb knowledge Mm. And that's the kind of person you need, really. Yeah, and that's he was one of the first civilian pilots because before then it was restricted to like Air Force pilots. Okay. Yeah, they there was a while before they allowed civilians into NASA. Mm. 
Um, mostly, mostly because like it originated as like a branch of like sort of an offshoot of like the Air Force. Yep. So yeah. it's a bit iffy, but yeah, Neil well, Armstrong. What's well, that they're running at the start is um. I, I like the little bit at the start where they're in like the Mojave. Yeah. Because that's where they're testing the U two. Like that's that's part of like yeah. the whole Area fifty one thing, which is just spy planes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool it's a cool little detail to be like, oh okay, that's where like the space that's where like this like the astronaut and the Apollo program comes from. It comes from high orbit spy planes then evolving into okay let's do fucking rocketry guys well it comes from high orbit spy planes but also the need to launch missiles over, oh yeah exactly. over, over, over the planet yeah that's that's the war reasoning like yeah. oh yeah guys icbms and all that shit yeah you need to be able to nuke russia before they nuke you <laughs> yeah exactly um or, or nuke russia as they nuke you is more likely yes basically deter russia from nuking you because you can nuke them back yeah if you can't nuke them back russia's just gonna fucking nuke you and be like yeah sick of it uh <laughs> Speaking of Russia, I, there's one thing in this movie that I fucking love, and that's how every time the Americans are making any progress except for actually landing on the moon, the Russians beat them to it, yeah. and they're so furious. Yeah. They're so mad at every it's turn. Like, it's about to do the EVA like in two days. It's yeah. Like, oh, the Russians do an EVA. Fuck. Yeah. They're like, we're going to be the first, we're going to have the first man to do an EVA mission, and they get beaten to it within days. Like, they're almost celebrating it beforehand where they're like, all right, guys, we're good to go. We're drinking a few beers. And then they come in and look at the TV and they realize the cosmonauts are already doing it. Yeah. And it's just, they're so fucking fuming the entire time. And it's, and that's a really important part of the space race is that Russia won every, every goalpost. Yeah. Like everything they set up, like for, for like first satellite for, um, first animal in space, like all these things that are like first EVA. Everything that they were setting up to do, Russia beat them to until uh, putting a man on the moon, and then America beat them to that goalpost. And really, if I was Russian, I would have just moved the goalpost. I would have just said, like, ah, you've put the first man on the moon, but can you put the first family on the moon? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty like, sure also Neil Armstrong um, was... I think the docking of Gemini 8 was the first docking. I think it might have been. That, that would have um, been important. But there's a reason, there's a reason why... Um, there's a reason why he he was like, but like that was that was for the moon. Yeah, Gemini was just so that they could get to the moon. It was to test stuff yeah, was, that they could exactly. use that to was, later. Yeah, that was all part on, of the iteration program. There is yeah, a, there is also, there is also I don't know where it is. I can't remember, but there is actually a museum in Russia where they have like, or it might have, I don't remember exactly where in Russia, but they've got these statues of all the all the cosmonauts and uh, to accomplish these goals. Yeah. And it's just Russian cosmonaut, Russian cosmonaut, Russian cosmonaut. And then, like, they go on for this massive line of just all the Russians completing their goals. And then the last one is a statue of Neil Armstrong, first man on the yeah. moon. And it's like, it, it sh- like it's, it's almost sad that, like, America wins the space race, but Russia wins everything beforehand. It's, like, a little bit dis- It has to be, like, really heartbreaking that that's the goal that they set. Yeah. Like, I would have really just moved to another goal. Like, I would if, if I were running the Russian space program, I would have been, like... Fuck it, let's step this up. First uh, missile base on the moon. Yeah, it's like who who he, although there was an agreement not to put There was, but there was space. a lot of agreements broken in this time. Like the we were just talking about the U2 spy plane. The fact that the U2 yeah. existed was America breaking an agreement of not flying uh, aircraft over Russia. Yeah. The point was to just fly higher than they could realize and it was really fucking embarrassing for the uh, for yeah, the U2 when they to get out. shot down. And that's when they developed the Blackbird so that they could t- continue doing it without getting one shot down ever. 
Yeah, you can't. If they travel fast enough, they can't spot you. Yeah, when your countermeasure for a missile being launched is slightly increased thrust. Yeah. I, one of my favorite things is the like. The blackbirds leak fuel if they're not in the air. Yeah, they got. To, they actually have to fly at a certain altitude and a certain speed in order to like make all the parts fit together properly. Yeah, because they're they're waiting for the expansion and the yeah. um, meshing. That's what it's crazy. Th- that's one of my favorite pieces of like of military history is just the the race to the SR seventy one. Like that whole the the Cold War is just a really interesting time yeah. for technology. Yeah, and that's and that's one of the things that like they bring up is that like. We're gonna have to make so many leaps in technology because yeah. we're going to the moon, lads. Oh, dude, the the blackboard scene is great. Where yeah. he just goes, "Here's the moon." Here's and he's just like dotting all these Russian like aircraft, like spacecraft, like missions. And then he goes, "Now our goal," and starts drawing across the blackboard this massive yeah. line. And then they have to get a second blackboard, and he keeps drawing the line, and then puts the moon. Yeah, it's like it's to scale. Yeah, <laughs> and everyone's like, they walk up, and they go. Oh. Yeah, he's like, here's all the Russians doing their shit. Here's all the things they've beaten us to. Here's what we're gonna do, boys. Make it happen. There's, they're their goal, lads. And I like how they show how like Neil Armstrong, even though he's an astronaut, and all the other astronauts and stuff, mm. are still giving it advice like about yeah. like the engineering behind this stuff because they all like qualified, qualified yeah, exactly. mathematicians, pilots. Engineers, yeah. they're not like they're not like dudes that they pull out like hot shots. Yeah, there's, you're our last hope. Yeah, there's Bruce no, Willis. <laughs> there's no Maverick or Iceman. Like they're yeah. not getting fighter pilots from the Air Force. They're getting just pilots who are good at their job and who are also skilled in other fields. Yeah, like the less training they got to do, the better. Yeah, so they're not just, yeah, exactly. And that's why they like give them these huge physics manuals. Yeah, exactly. Like here's the stuff that <coughs> here's the stuff that you lack. Yeah, and they will like, learn it. So that we can get to the moon already. Yeah, we need to go to the moon, lads. <laughs> like, this isn't going to happen if we just throw a bunch of boys in tin cans and throw them at the sky. Yeah. And I like how... It, I, I did like the... I did. Let me just go back to the moon. Um, yep. I did like the moon scene because it felt very surreal. Yeah. It's it's really... The, the moon scene's incredible because the, the, the moment they step off the, step off the lander, the entire film changes tone where it suddenly yeah. goes from being like... This, 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 like, like the film almost, almost has this layer of grain to it. Like it looks like a yeah. film shot in the '60s, but yeah. the moment they go into the moon, it's completely cla- like it's got this le- level of clarity about it where they take away those layers. Yeah, and it looks so different. And suddenly there's this complete soundlessness to it. Like they yeah. take away the score and all the background and room sounds, and it's just quiet. Yeah, it's a really diff- it, It's really incredible. Like I, I know it, it seems to have like that, like. Incre- like it seems to have that um, that majesty and incredibleness to it. Yeah, it's it's like one of my favorite things about Interstellar is when it when you only see space, it's silent. Yeah, um, it it really gives you the depth of space. Mm. I love that. I love how like you know you you really get the idea that and then you see like the horizon. Yeah, and of the moon and there's nothing. Yeah, it's just nothing. There's no. It's just flat. It's completely barren. There's you, you can almost see the roundness to it, and that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's what you see. Yeah. Is the moon. And I just it's just insane like how much mm. that they've done. Yeah. And it's also like one one of the things also that looks really cool in this movie is that they don't show you any pictures like of they don't show any close ups of like the surface of the moon before they actually get there. Yeah. So there's almost this feeling of like the moment they're flying over it in the lander. That's the first time anyone has ever gotten so like you realize that's anyone's ever gotten so close to this thing. Yeah. And they're realizing 
oh, we can't actually land where we were intending to because it's covered in fucking boulders. Like, boulders the size of cars. Yeah, we, we physically can't go here. Let's just find somewhere else and hope we don't run out of fuel. Yeah, which is an actual thing that they had to do for Apollo 11. They, they yeah. got given, you're landing here, and they're like, we can't land here. This is never going to happen. Keep going. Because it looked clear from like using the high-powered telescopes. Yeah. But... But you can't see down to the level of, you know, like this big. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, well. And so they find the Sea of Tranquility, which is, I think, in a crater. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so they've, they, where it's just very calm. So they're open to land. And that's how the moon landing happens. (laughs) But yeah, I find, I found that very interesting in the whole, um, yeah, it was all really well done. Like you, you got the pressure of them trying to land, and you and they flash to the abort button. Yeah, they keep they keep showing the abort button in the fuel gauge. Yeah, and it's and and I like I know the events that happened, but I'm still sitting there waiting for someone to reach across and hit the button. Yeah, like, I'm just waiting thing, for it. It was like it was like I know they land on the moon. They land on the moon. Yeah, it's a, it's a historic event. It, it's something that we know happens, but um, it just the way they keep showing it, it's like I'm waiting for someone to hit that button. Yeah, it's, know? or reach for the button. Yeah. Um, I really, I think it really, it's a really well done thing because the one thing I always find about like biopics and historic films is you've got to build the tension because like yeah. people know what happens. And this film actually does a really good job of building tension. Like I was still worried. I, I found myself still worried for Neil half the time. Yeah, I know. I'm like, oh no, is he gonna die here? It's like, yeah, it's Neil Armstrong. Like he's sitting there in the U two and he's like having this issue of bouncing off the atmosphere. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm two minutes into the movie, but is Neil gonna die? <laughs> yeah, is, is Neil <laughs> gonna almost die? And and then he's he's on the uh, the lo- like the the lunar like landing module thing that they were testing out. And sure enough, I'm like. Is something gonna happen here? What's the deal? Oh, when he's on the spinner thing, and yeah, exactly. he, he doesn't yeah. do it well, and then he, I'm like, oh no, is he gonna get dropped from the program? <laughs> I I do like that um that like the 3D motion like device yeah. up like the simulator where Neil doesn't just pass it with flying colors like some like some Maverick type character. He just, he sits in the thing, struggles with it, and passes out. Then and then he goes, again. yeah, exactly, and then he does it again. And he still fucking passes out, and he's throwing up in the toilet, to, like, in the next scene. I love that he's throwing up in the toilet, and the guy walks in, and he's making eye contact, and Neil and him are just, like, awkwardly standing off. <laughs> yeah. And then he immediately bolts <laughs> to the toilet. Yeah, he's just like, sorry, dude, I go above too. Make way. <laughs> I mean, which is fair enough, because, like, your stomach isn't used to that sort of movement. No, very few humans have ever gone through the experience of, ah, yes, here is 3D motion that you'll experience in space. And it's like, whoosh, 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 whoosh. That's such a cool device. Especially, but it's not just that, but it's also at the speeds that they go and the fact yeah. that they have to maintain, like, the positioning. Mm. They have to, like, gyroscope while they're gyroscoping, basically. The, Three different degrees of rotation, how do? Yeah, it's like, and they're still try. they have to manipulate their, like, seat in order to focus on that one point. Yeah. Um, and... Because that's what they're going to have to do in space. That's yeah. that's what he had to do in the Gemini is like yeah. maintain the um try and maintain so that way he wasn't going mm. all the way over. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I still like how like the other dude passed out and he's like, uh, "Don't pass out, Neil." It's like, "Hey, can you do this?" <laughs> then he like slaps him and is like, "Oh well, it's up to me now." All right, looks like I'm going to have to take control on this one. Like I'm turning off the RCS. Like the RCS. What are you Ooh. doing, Neil? And the, and he like it also shows he he doesn't listen to them because he's like he he's on the verge of like blacking out too yeah and he's just like 
like focused on this like switch switch and then he like gets it back under control and as he does like the other dude comes back too mm. god the, the fucking panic in that scene where I'm, where I'm just sitting there like oh god it, like that was another one where I'm worried yeah. I'm like is Neil gonna fucking pass out and like yeah. die in the Gemini and, and then there was um, then there was like the press the conferences office, like is Neil gonna get dropped yeah is he I hope not Mm. And it's like, it's Neil Armstrong. He lands on the moon. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm waiting for like the moment when they go, sorry, Neil, the program's dropping you. And I'm like, but how will he get to moon? <laughs> I know. I was like, is this going to be a twist that I didn't expect? But yeah. no, I, it was just so well done. Yeah. Like, they built the suspense of mm. something that didn't, that like you could have shown very like dull. Yeah. But I feel like it really reflected on like Neil because like Neil would be like, am I going to get dropped? Yeah, exactly. There's that element of like anxiety, like I was saying, when he was like, they've cleared you of all blame. Like, mm. obviously, you tried, you, you did your best, you managed to come back. Yeah. Well, the f- yeah, that's that's the great thing is they commend him for actually bringing it back under control. They're not just like, well, you fucked, my- you fucked up the capsule, dude. Fuck, yeah. what are you doing? You're going home. Otherwise, no, because they mentioned like, other- yeah. if you didn't come back, we would have been scratching our heads asking ourselves what happened. Yeah, exactly. Um, because there's no way to tell. Yeah, and and so it's because of and it's because of that that they managed to iterate again. Yeah, and then move on to the Apollo where they where they put in those like fixes that he requests. Yeah, like he says this broke. Can we get this? Yeah, can yes. can I be able to turn it off? Because if you'd been able to turn it off, you just would have. Yeah, that, that's what he's saying. Like if I could isolate if I could isolate the thrusters, then I'd be fine. Like we'd just be able to cut off the things that aren't firing properly, and we'd be good. Yeah, because otherwise he wouldn't have been in that spin. Like yeah. He was like, why do you disengage from the, the Agena? It's like, we thought it was that was the issue. Yeah. We can't tell. Yeah, the, there was no there was no other... Co- it seemed like we were in the right, you know? Yeah, and the, I think everyone sort of went, yeah, right, fair cop. Yeah. But yeah, no, I really I really enjoyed that sense of suspense and like, mm. ooh, what's going to happen now? Is America going to beat the Russians? <laughs> Will America defeat the Russians? Find out next time. <laughs> And then the ending of the film where, like, you've just got him and his wife. Like, because mm. you also cut back to, like, the, a lot of this family life stuff. Yeah. And, like, at the start of the film, his, his daughter dies from cancer, I think. I think so, yeah. Because she's undergoing chemo and he's, like, you see him reading the books about chemo and doing, like, maths and stuff in relation to it. Mm. Um, and then, like, after she passes, he just sort of, like, throws them out. Yeah. Like, you cut back to his wife and his wife is starting to get really annoyed because he's really distant. Mm-hmm. And you feel, I feel bad for her because she is. She, yeah. Like, anytime, like, it starts off with, like, oh, he's not there and, like, she's having trouble with, like, her two sons. Mm. And, like, but, like, she manages to keep them kind of on control. And then Neil rocks up and, like, everything's calm. Yeah. Then it just gets worse. Yeah. Because, like, she's also worried about Neil, especially after what happened in the Apollo mission. Oh, yeah. And he's just not yeah. saying anything. And and there's a terrible moment where, she, like, he's, he's basically leaving, the, like, that night... To go to the moon. Yeah. And she's just like, well, won't you fucking say something to your kids? Yeah, and he's As- like, no. Yeah. They were asleep. And then, like, and then they, he does, and it's like he's holding a press conference. Dude, that's the worst part is the, like, the way that's shot is it's, like, it's lit and shot the same way as the press conference yeah. is in the and, past few scenes. And the way he responds is like he's at a press conference. Yeah. He even ends with, are there any more questions? Yeah. I think, I think it shows, like, how much stress he was under oh yeah he was trying not to show it but like he didn't want he himself doesn't want to think about how likely it is for him to come home yeah and he doesn't want to think about like he doesn't want to worry his wife with like the whole i might die up here yeah like he does that's the thing he doesn't want to worry everyone else and he also doesn't want to think about it yeah so like when they ask what are the chances you might not come back is like well there's a degree of possibility are you are you fucking coming back 
we have every intention of coming back. Yeah, I like how on the moon they're like it's like gonna succeed. We are the aim is to succeed. Uh, yeah. And like I liked to me that response is fair enough. Like you don't there is no other option. Other option yeah. is death for you. Yeah. We need to succeed. Yeah, it's either succeed and one my one one of the things I really like one of the really cool things like that I've picked up about the Apollo program is that at some point the um the speech that was supposed to be given by President Nixon if the if um Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong had been left behind on the moon like yeah. they couldn't like if that situation like before they even left they had that speech typed up this two-page document that says yeah. these are what we're going to th- this is what's happened yeah it's like the fate of the astronauts do. uh you know they'll was, be left there yeah a uh, part of the moon will always be for mankind it, it's it's a great speech. Like yeah. it's one of those brilliant speeches that never happened. And you're glad that it didn't happen. And, yeah, exactly. You're glad that it never happened. But it's just like so. It's one of the, it's, it's yeah. It's just so short and poignant. Yeah. And, I don't know. It's just like I I and I really like that they actually read that out before they go. Yeah. Like they bring like I think I think his name is like Kieran Hines' character. Yeah. He he has this speech and he reads it out while Neil's like leaving to go to the moon. It's this brill like it's yeah. And they brilliant. ask him what he thinks. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. It's and it's like, like please don't read that. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you don't have to read that. <laughs> yeah. Know? It's like oh. But like yeah, it's really it's really that short poignant like yeah. But really to the point like and I like how they're like all right an hour before the announcement the president's gonna call the widows. Yep. Um, and the clergyman also, um, you know, treat it like a death at sea. Mm. And I'm like, oh no, fuck. Yeah, like, yeah, it's 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 this moment of like, or it's this piece of history of like what could have happened, and that's a real thing that you can actually find. Is this is just yeah, this document that the president would have had to read out had they not come back. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's the most interesting is that like, and like the thing everyone talks about like, you know, they the moon landing great, and it's like, but what would have happened if it didn't? Yeah. Like what would have like what if the what if the one piece as I was saying earlier the one piece of equipment that never failed the lunar failed. module what if it failed yeah because there was no test on the moon before they launched before no, yeah 11. exactly they, that that's the most shocking part is like once you put a man on the moon you are determined to bring him back you can't test the capsule on the moon without actually doing it yeah for all we like for all intents and purposes that was the test of if you could bring a person back from the moon. It's the moon landing. Yeah, that was it. Like, congratulations, you guys did the first. Yeah, if they didn't do it, it was... Yeah, if they couldn't be retrieved from the moon and the capsule just didn't work, then we've been a case of like, all right, guys, back to the drawing board. We got to try and be the first person to bring a man back from the moon. Bye, Neil. Bye, Neil. That's the most shocking part is like, Neil and Buzz would have just starved to death on the moon. Nothing else for it. Yeah. Like, that would have been it. And that's just the conversation. And that's just the speech is just, yep, they will die on the moon. Yeah. And, like, you've also got to remember that, like, because of the command module, you'd have to, like, fly the moon, the lunar module and the command module so they dock. Yeah. And if you stuff up that docking, you're not coming back either. Nope. That's it. So, is... And the docking is the most important. Like, yeah. You know, you got to get... Michael Collins needs to come pick you up, guys. <laughs> if he's not there, Michael Collins your des- is your designated driver. <laughs> you need a Dezo back from the moon or you're screwed. Yeah. Because you can't... Because the module isn't meant to for like to come back to Earth. Yeah, it's and, meant to be like dropped out. And there's definitely no rescue mission. Yeah, that's that's the worst part is like them going up there and knowing if they do actually get stuck up there, there is literally no chance of another ship coming. Yeah, because they take that fucking long to build and set and set the course, and they'd have to prepare for the account of 
you've got to bring home three more people. Yeah, three extra dudes. Yeah. Um, so you've got to dock with a ship that wasn't built to dock with another ship entirely. It was built to dock with the Lunar Lander. Yeah. So you've oh, that, got to like, that, that wouldn't be it's doable, ship. but it's, it's a whole case of like, now you've got to reverse engineer everything, where now you've got a ship with prob- potentially no fuel because of just burned it all trying to dock. You've got to rescue that. And then you've got to be able to bring that back as well, which is just more weight. Yeah. So, the, like, when they ask Neil, hey, are you bringing anything back from... Uh, are you bringing anything to the moon? He just says, I wish I could be bringing more fuel. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's terrifying. Yeah, he's like... He's just a, like, yeah, we only have this much. We have exactly enough for the mission. If we bring any more, then we're overweight. Yeah, that's that's the thing about rocketry, is that the more yeah. fuel you bring, the more fuel you need. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, you keep bringing more, you go up. You gotta pack it in. Like it, it does. You can't just bring infinite resources because you need to actually carry that to space. This There's is what Kerbal Space Program has taught me: is that for every <laughs> fucking rocket you stick on your, uh, you stick on your like, for every like solid fuel booster you put on, that's another rocket and extra weight to carry. Like you can't just keep stacking more boosters and fuel tanks on. It doesn't work uh, that way. It does if you try hard enough. <laughs> you just gotta, you just gotta put those struts in, baby. Just more struts. Yeah, boy. <laughs> um, Who cares about aerodynamic, aerodynamic profile? But exactly, like you've got to build. You need more fuel. You need. That's yeah. what. That's why a lot of even the Saturn V rockets separated them to fuel to hydrogen and oxygen because. Mm. That's what they use to fuel rockets is basically water. Yeah. It's the chemical reaction. Mm. And so because of that, but they have to keep them separate because they're lighter that way. Yeah. Well, it's the same weight, but was water just a byproduct? I can't remember. What. I think it might be a byproduct of the reaction. I'm not yeah. Sure. I can't remember what exactly. I know water I'm pretty is- pretty sure rockets hydro- make vapor. Yeah. They don't yeah. emit fire. It's vapor. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it's that reaction. Like water is the, off- like, is the resulting re- uh, force. Yeah, what, are, what like all this? It's not. It's vapor. It's um. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, can you imagine that the Saturn V rocket weighed two million kilograms? Fuck. Yeah, these aren't these aren't a. Uh... You you do get that idea of scale at least with the Apollo when they're in the el- when they're in the elevator going up to the top of it, like right before the launch. It's this huge shot of like. Just the United States printed alongside this rocket, and it's so fucking massive. And then the capsule's this tiny little piece on top of it. Yep, yep, yep. It's crazy. It's terrifying. Um, to think about like how much fuel they're sitting on. Yeah. So they there was an amount of yeah, it's liquid oxygen, liquid hydrogen. Mm. You mix the two, and they for whatever reason. Oh, it's in space. They do it. So the reaction. So they just produce water to go. Yeah. In space. Okay, so that, yeah, that's the liquid fuel mix. Yeah, because um, it's at least for Saturn V, it's a sol- it's solid fuel boosters to get up to like to, alti- to yeah, altitude to, to altitude. The um, yeah, and ox- then the liquid mix is for actually moving through yeah. space, like out of atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. So many stages to that; it's crazy. Oh yeah. I remember one time I was watching a really old episode of Doctor Who, mm. and they launched a rocket, and then I looked at the footage, and it was just the Saturn V launching. Oh really? It clearly had United States of America <laughs> on the side. I'm like, oh, isn't this meant to be the Cybermen? <laughs> but like, it's they've, it's they've the come six, up with the same the technology. 70s. It's the 70s, so it's fine. It's... <laughs> but yeah, like this is the Saturn V like... is huge. Mm. It's almost as big as the International Space Station. Fuck. It's 110 meters tall. Wow. How yep. big does that compare to the SpaceX like BFR? Uh, I'm not sure. I'll check that out. Yeah. See if you. 
I'm, I'm sure that that image exists of just a comparison between the two. What's BFR? Big, uh, big Falcon Rocket. Oh, not Big Fucking Rocket. Well, I mean, you can see where Elon Musk gets the name from. Okay, yeah. Okay, so the BFR is about eight meters tall. Wow. Fuck me. Oh, sorry. The Saturn V is taller than the uh, International Space Station. Whoops. The International Space Station is only 109 meters. The Saturn V is 110. Wow. Yeah, whole meter, right? Yeah. Keep in mind, a lot of the Saturn, like that said, all the all all that like size with the Saturn rocket is fuel. Exactly. It's it all gets jettisoned uh, during the mission. None of that actually makes it to space. Yeah. Um. Like a very st- small portion. Two of that. stages get to space. The escape yeah. rocket is only f- the bit at the top's only for an emergency. Yep. It's so like half that. So like a good portion of that height is like useless. Yeah. A good portion of that is just ditched in atmosphere. Yeah. It's like bye. Yeah. Like, um. Like staging is where all the weight comes from. Yeah. That's a, that's the other thing Kerbal Space Program taught me. Yeah. <laughs> if I need to uh, build rockets to go into space, I need stages. Yep. Staging is crucial. You can't just put a giant rocket and expect it to make it all the way. I mean, which is fair enough because you got to like equate for fuel and all that. Anyway, exactly. I think that's a good spot to end the episode. Is a nice conversation of Kerbal Space Program. Yep. <laughs> Play Kerbal Space Program. Great game. Uh, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I enjoy it. I haven't yep. played it in a while. Gonna go build some rockets. Don't give me ideas. I'm, I don't have the time to try getting to the getting to the moon again. I never got to the moon. I you, okay. So I got. I've been to the. I've managed to make a rocket that got to the moon twice. I've never been able to return. I've never built a rocket that can that can come back. Oh, you should start reading out that speech then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's every time. I've lost about three kerbals to the sun. The sun. I have one orb. I I last time I was playing, I managed to get one like a single kerbal, a single kerman dude, orbiting around the sun, but with no rocket. Oh uh, no. He kind of fell off. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, I don't think I've, I don't think I've really achieved uh orbit. No. No. It's. Once you achieve orbit, the rest of it's easy. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta achieve orbit. I get like, I get, I fall just short of where you achieve geosync orbit. Yep. And so I'm just like, damn. It, it's yeah. There's a couple of actual tutorials. You know, we, we've got. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'll just say there's a couple of tutorials in the game that like work it out for you where they're like, okay, now just point here, and point here, point here, and you're good. Like they uh, basically set that. up like there's a few like yeah. they'll mark on the and, and even the game itself like when you're playing it, it puts little points on the map that help you like on the like yeah. on the readouts that help you out with that um but anyway we should end the episode here before we yep. get into a whole podcast and Kerbal space program welcome to next week's podcast <laughs> Kerbal space program we should anyway thanks for listening i've been carl i'm alex and this has been mike's camera action